simply unprofessional. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Devin. Hey, everybody. It's me, Devin. How are you doing? And we got Rob. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. Okay, so... Put some thought into this. And a couple weeks ago now, uh, Devin was unavailable for SU, and I decided because... It was one of those days where I woke up and I felt like the decline off the bat of my mental health. Like I was just, I knew it was going to be a rough and, and a bad day. So I recorded an SU fairly early in the morning and Rob was still asleep at the time. And I wanted to get it done and out of the way because I didn't want to have to, I didn't know what kind of you know state of mind I'd be in later on that afternoon or whatever. Well, that particular episode was about tips for DMs, whether you're a new DM to Dungeons and Dragons or you, even if you're, you know, a seasoned DM. These are just t- it was top 10 tricks and tips that you should, you know, think about as a DM. So I wanted to kind of do the off side of that same coin. I figured today so today's going to be a little D&D centric. But we're going to be talking about things that players can think about, or tips for players, whether they're new or or, or even seasoned players. Probably mostly for new players. Um, and I want to. I, I, we're going to go through this list, and we're going to kind of see if any of these resonate with with say you guys. Um, but first, we're going to talk a little bit. Because, like I said, this would be for new players, and neither one of you are new players. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk a little bit about maybe your guys' first characters, or your guys' first experience, if you remember it, sitting down at a table to play a tabletop role-playing game. Um, what was going through your head, if you were nervous, if... If if you just if you had a blast going right through you know right off the bat and you know it just kind of came naturally to you things that you know maybe you found hard at first but yep. kind of grew on you. Okay. Um, Tilly, that's enough out of you. We're not talking to you. We don't care about your first first time playing tabletop role playing games. <laughs> uh, so Devin, do you remember your first time sitting down at a table? Uh, yes, actually, I do. My first time involving with D&D in general, my first time was, um, it was a sleepover. I want to say it was like fourth or fifth grade. My friend Leo and his brother Vlad, uh, his older, much older brother Vlad, his much older brother introduced me to D&D. Um, and in classic Devin fashion, they like explained it over the night. And before we got really got a chance to play, because it was like a one night thing, and they were a bunch of new people who never played it before, explained it to me. And I sat down and uh, 
I spent probably like three hours making a character and learning the rules. And my first character was a monk. Okay. So in classic Devon fashion. And what edition did you say this was? I believe it was three point five. Three five. I believe. No, it might have been. It might have been two. Because let me see. When did three five come out? Hmm. That's a good question. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, while you're looking for that. Were you nervous at all, or were you, were you pretty laid back because it was just mainly you and some friends, or? Uh, if it was third edition, it was third edition was very new because third edition came out in two thousand, so I would have been eight. I think I was in maybe fourth grade, so I was probably like maybe two thousand three, two thousand four, maybe right around there. So, yeah, yeah, I wasn't nervous. Then my first actual like tables because I, I did, we never actually got to play because it was that night and then it was kind of hard to get everybody back together again to play so we never had, we make, made characters and i was really the only one that was like interested like really interested out of the group <coughs> to like learn it um and i didn't actually play play like on a regular basis until middle school maybe like by last year the middle school i sat on a table that was with a bunch of my friends and his dad ran ran us a campaign Okay. Now were you yeah. nervous when you when you actually got to sit down and play and role play and stuff? Did did any did any aspect of that ever feel like? Were you nervous about any of it? Were you unsure about any of it? Like, I know some yeah, people they sit down and for like their first time role playing. Like sometimes a lot of people feel uneasy with the RP aspect of some games like these. Right, uh, not exactly, because like I, everybody that was in the group, at least in my case, like I knew pretty fairly. I knew fairly well, you know what I mean. Right. Um, so we were all very comfortable with each other. So for us, it was a little bit of a different scenario. You know, we were all pretty comfortable. It was just a pretty jokey atmosphere. So it was very uh, par for the course as far as. As far as uh, what you call it goes, as okay. far as you know, atmosphere and game play. All right. It's pretty. It's pretty. It was, it was a pretty laid back scenario. Now, what about you, Rob? Do you remember your first time sitting down at a table playing? Uh, I mean, if you're counting like D and D or complete pen and paper RPGs, it's a little different because. When I first started playing, basically, I, I have, a and I still have, a bunch of the advanced D&D, which is basically second edition, mm-hmm. modules. And I used to just read through them, and I would try to get my friends to play, but, like, all of them were terrible about using their imaginations, and they would get bored. So, basically, I would just create characters, and then that would, and read through the module, and that would be it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play by myself, because I was like, there's no point, I know it's going to happen. So I tried to get them to play several times. They were like, no. So eventually, like, my first real, like, with other people playing was board games, like uh, Hero Quest and Dragon Strike. But I don't know if you don't count those. And my first actual game game was 4th Edition. And I joined a group that had been listening to Dungeons & Radness podcast. And they were like, hey, they put out a thing on, like, the the forums. Hey, we're going to start a game if anyone wants to join. And I was like, you know what? Why not? 
So I again, it was over the internet, so I didn't actually sit down at a table with people. But it was the first time I played like an RPG where you actually like role played and stuff. And I, uh, I mean, in the beginning, I was a little nervous because I didn't really know any of these people. <laughs> like they were all strangers, and I didn't know how they were going to react to my character. And right away, like they all kind of were going like morally gray, and I was like, I don't like this. So I was like, why would like I started speaking up almost right away, even though I was uncomfortable because I like I don't want this to go down like a become a bad guy path because one of our our characters, one of the characters was a goblin who was like kind of trying to become the leader of the group. And he was like very not caring like he was. More leaning towards like being a bad guy kind of thing, but so eventually like there was like in character arguments and stuff and eventually we decided to like and we convinced him to to like take the side of the people against the evil dictator and stuff and he was like yeah fine no because <laughs> I, I talked to him after and i'm like were you like upset that i took like changed the direction of the story and he's like no he's like what happened happened he's like it's my he's like my is my character happy about it eh. but he can figure out ways to be happy about it i was like okay uh, but things so that like basically even our first session like it pushed me into role playing right away even though I was kind of like uncomfortable and I'm like I don't know that I'm gonna do this but then I was like no this needs to change direction immediately or I'm gonna drop out. <laughs> Rob's always playing the morally righteous person. Hey, each of is not morally righteous. <laughs> Everybody else though, yes. I just need to like design. I just need to like design a campaign. That like Rob thinks it's gonna be like all good to go, but like we're all like really evil he's, fucking no, people. No, 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 no. He's on the side of good, but like for whatever reason, every time he does a good deed, like he would just quit the game though. So like I know he would, I know like he would, he wouldn't do it. Every time he quits the game, like an animal or something got injured, he'd be like fuck. <laughs> like, but he would just quit the game. So like I know it wouldn't really work. Yeah, eventually, yes. I like I. I always end up like because even video games. Like when I try to do like the evil or renegade playthrough, like I abandon it halfway through. I'm like, I can't do this. It's too mean. I'm dead. <laughs> I wonder like it's too mean. And, like half the time, it's like it's really not even that Yeah, and also just because a group is morally gray does not innately make them bad. Mm. <laughs> if they were That's bad, true. they would. There would be no gray. Yeah. I didn't say that we weren't going morally gray, though. We were going bad. <laughs> well, you said that the party was mostly morally gray, and you, you were not okay with that. <laughs> well, yeah, because most of them... Well, like I said, because the one guy was basically like, oh, yeah, let's take the side of the bad, and the rest of them were like morally gray, so they were like, okay, let's take the bad. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, man. No. What I think, Rob, in real life, Rob would be a paladin, or a druid. and not even one of the cool like <coughs> oath of I feel vengeance like paladins. Honestly, no, I feel like Rob would be like if we were playing with, like variants or something. I feel like Rob would be like an urban druid. He'd be like a druid. He'd be like, yeah, fuck all that nature shit. <sighs> yeah, but, but like, even druids are neutral. Rob's just always Rob wants to be that shining star in the sky to guide people to to good deeds. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm like the guy behind him that's like gagging every time he tries. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would be a law- lawful good bard. Just what I would be. I oh, literally am capable of being a lawful good character. I would. I, I, I actually want to see Rob play, and I think it would be easiest for him a lawful good character. Like, and I because it is like harder than you yourself. think. John's. It's no, really, I know. That's why I never good character correctly, especially if you're playing like second edition or third edition, where it it, it you're it really matters, especially as a paladin. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why I, I usually go neutral good because I don't think I can play lawful good either. Because then you'd have to be like, no, sorry, I need to turn in my. I mean, we betray your companions if they do something bad. It's I like, mean, nah, I can't I do that either. I go neutral good myself. Neutral good is usually my defaulted alignment system. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I bounce between neutral good and chaotic good. Generally, yeah, neutral good is my is my usual suspect. When it comes to like, um, my playing, like, your play I, I'm style. usually yes, because I feel like I can I can represent myself the best with that, right? While also like playing a good character in a party, right? Um, I actually hate playing chaos. Chaotic characters. As uh, you you because. hate chaos in general. No, I, not, eh, yes and no. Like I actually, <laughs> I actually really hate playing chaotic characters because I'm just in, like in my natural self, I'm a very logical person. Like right, I yeah, yeah, I'm very logical. I so it, it's always hard for me to like sit there and be like, well, all right, let you know. But it's weird because I'm also just like, fuck it, like I'll like if I, I, I there's not a, a real good alignment to like describe me. Cause like, if I was gonna like play myself, my day to day mentality is was just like fuck it, let the cards fall where they fall, and then I'll just plan around what I'm dealt. Yeah, that's kind of like how I I am. But like, that's not really chaos. That's not really tr- technically like. Now, okay, s- side tangent. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask uh, uh, both of you to pick one one class her thing that I ask, okay? Yes. We'll start with Rob. If you had to pick a D&D class that was uh do I want to add like the lawful things into it? Yeah, let's go. Let's let's go. No, just if you had to pick a class that was just good all around. What class comes to mind? Leric? Okay. Uh, no, actually, for me, um, I would paladin for me. Paladin, so cleric and paladin. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones that come good uh, flat out. Rob, if you had to pick one that was that came to mind for neutral, what would it be? Probably bard. Okay. Devin. Monk. Monk. All right. Uh, evil. Rob. Warlock. Fair. Devin? I mean, I, yeah, usually. I would say, as weird as it sounds, I, I'm, I'm going Warlock or Wizard with it on that one. Okay. Uh, lawful, Rob. Paladin. Okay. Devin? Lawful? Yep. Uh, can I double pick or no? Yeah, like, can. can I pick one yeah. I already picked? Yeah. I, would say, I would say Paladin for oh, sure. Okay. Uh, we already did neutral, so that kind of covers just true neutral. Uh, chaotic. 
rogue. Okay. Devin? Sorcerer. Sorcerer, all right. Yeah, them them wild magics. <clears throat> all right, I was curious. All right, getting back on topic. Also, something that Rob said, I mean, just because you're playing, I mean, over the internet with friends or, or, or with a group, I mean, that I would still consider that a table. Yeah, you're you're sitting down and you're playing at a tabletop of some right. fashion. A virtual tabletop. A virtual tabletop. So the first actual table game I ever played. I mean, not. I mean, other. I mean, RPG wise, uh, like D and D wise, was at Gen Con with you guys. Well, <clears throat> was that the year yeah. that I was there, or the year that it wasn't? I don't think we played D and D the year that you weren't there. We played like like lots of board games the first year. I don't think we played D and D though. So yeah, it would have been the year you were there. Gotcha. I know I went two years. I I think I went. You went. You went two years, right? Whatever you know. No, I've only been one. He only went one. Oh, I'm only been one year. I didn't. I don't. Think, I don't think I went the first time. Either. <clears throat> um. All right. So. No, I did. I did. Because I'm pretty sure I slept in. Um, I slept in the room with. Yeah, because Rob and Rebecca picked me up from the train station, and then I, I think I stayed with them the first year. So I did go the first year. Oh yeah, that's right. You stayed with them in the weird train hotel. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, and then the first year I stayed with Chris, and then the second year you and I. <laughs> and you room, like stayed at, like in like the ghetto. Motel was yeah, <laughs> where you were afraid to go out after dark. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm like I was like, I'm sure it's not that bad. And then Chris was like, Nah, 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 it was that bad. I was like, Oh shit! These are people doing drugs in the hallway. I'm just like, Oh my god! Oh, we're talking about like the Firebird Motel. Shout out! <laughs> hey, <laughs> not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I right. you want to be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start lab- listing off some of these these tips for players, you know, and, and kind of kind of keep yourself in the mindset of, of being a new player or how you felt when you were a new player, um, and essentially tell me yeah, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna name off what the tip is, you know, what they suggest. These are top ten, and I have a couple honorable mention kind of things, and I want to know if you guys agree with it. And why, or if you disagree, and why? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the number ten, I don't think they're in any particular order, but starting at number ten, for uh, tips for new players, um, or sometimes veteran players. Like I said, I still do some of these. Uh, keep the player's handbook nearby. Uh, essentially, if you need to look up anything about your race, your class, um, spells, things like that, it's a lot easier nowadays with having online tools. Um, but I think you know having a, a player's handbook somewhere nearby, accessible to the players, is is a, is a good thing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, not even it doesn't even have to be a physical copy. It could be a digital copy or or whatever. A way to look stuff up that way you don't have to rely on the DM all the time to look stuff up for you. Right. Uh, 
and but like I I wouldn't anymore because I know a lot uh, just offhand, and I, you can Google a lot now. With fourth edition, that was definitely necessary because they didn't they copyrighted everything, so you couldn't find anything online. But now because fifth edition, they have that that share thing, the license share or whatever, you can find all sorts of stuff just by Googling, which is very helpful. <laughs> Yeah, but see, also, like, Googling doesn't always solve the issue either. Like, it does. Like, we Google a lot of stuff when we're when we're playing games. Um, whether you're DMing and I'm helping to Google looking up a rule or whatever that maybe we haven't thought of or we haven't really come across the situation for. But then, like, there's times, uh, and not saying it was it was bad, but, like, there's times where, like, you... You guys used Google. I don't remember what game it was now that we were playing. But you guys used Google and there was some sort of spell or something that you were like, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. And I was like, what the fuck spell is this? This doesn't exist. Oh, the consecrate spell? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And it's because you guys Googled it and, you know, there are... There are lists and stuff out there of you know, of people who have made homebrewed spells and and put them up and and whatnot that aren't quote unquote official D and D stuff, but mm. you know we do use a lot of homebrew stuff anyway. But I think that's the one instance that I can think of where Google would f- would kind of fail you in a situation is. Well, I mean, to be fair, it did say that it was. I just didn't notice that it said it was homebrew material. Like I didn't look at it, and because I thought it was, I like in my brain for some reason I thought it was a spell, and I just like looked it up, and I'm like, yep, there it is. But the page I looked at, it does say, did say at the top that it was like third party homebrew material, and I was because after Apple pointed it out, I was like, oh, right, yeah, it does say that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Devin, what do you what are your thoughts on having having a book handy? Do you still do this? Do you not do um, it much anymore? Or? Not as much as I used to, only because um, I usually am pretty quick with having references up on the computer and stuff. Yeah. So I don't usually worry too much about it anymore. But um, yeah, like I 100% agree. Like, yeah, you need to have something handy. So if we somewhere. were all sitting at my kitchen table, it was me, you, Rob, and I'm a, more likely and a, to have my new, phone and a new person. Just because I'm more like have my phone out or something than a book, just because it's so hard to you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they like, have they have changed things this, a lot. And then like if you don't know exactly like what page it's on when you when you're referencing it, you're kinda like you're scrambling, it takes it takes too long. And I used to be the book guy, I used to be the reference guy for yeah. my group. And we used to run four of us running two characters each, so we had eight characters, and I would either run to reference everything. Yeah. So. Um, and it, it is tr- it is hard because they've changed how double. things work, and they've changed they've added a bunch of spells that wouldn't be found in the player's handbook anymore. Yes. You know things like that, but like if we were sitting down at my kitchen table with a with a new person playing D anD D, you you both would encourage them to pull up you know, D&D Beyond or something else on their phone to be able to yes, have, like, a quick yes. reference sort of... Yes. Sort of yeah, thing. or have or a physical book. Or encourage them, to, if they're brand, brand new, I would definitely encourage them to, like, you know, read their... read through their characters starting off early. They kind of know, kind of, at least if you... My, my, my philosophy going in 
uh, going into this would be on any new kind of a new character situation is, or any new player situation is as a more experienced character or player, I can help you. I will help you. I can help you as much as I, you know, as much as I can, but to make things as fast as possible, if you at least know your character, yeah, kind of understand what you can do and what you can't do and what, or at least like your, your role. Even if you don't know like your abilities exactly, but know your role, because like I'm not gonna lie, I don't know every single what every single ability and every single right. subclass does. But if you know your role and the party, and you know your character to a degree, whether that be through both an RP standpoint and a, a mechanic standpoint, I can fill in the blanks. That's the easiest. You know, that's always super easy to do. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So number nine, okay. So I, I want, I'm really curious as to what you guys think on this. I, I have a feeling like I know, but coming at this from a perspective of a player, a fellow player at the table, I have heard people argue both sides of this, either yay or nay. Um, I have a definitive opinion myself from a DM perspective, but number nine is ask questions. You know, if you're not sure what a spell description means, if you can't remember what certain things stand for, like AC or DC or ACDC, uh, <laughs> if you don't know oh, what it means to be behind the various types of cover, you know, ask. Just, you know, plain up. If you have to, you know, pause the game for a couple seconds and, and ask the question. <clears throat> What do you guys think? Let's start with Rob. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, how are you going to learn stuff? Plus, you could make mistakes and not realize it. And then you, everyone, like that, pulls down the game and it because the DM has to be like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> right. Now, what about you, Devin? What was the question one more time? I, I got hurt, but I was uh, asking questions at the table. And as. In regards to what? As a player. Like, you know, whether you're a new player, an experienced player, do you think like, it's do okay Do you think it's okay to yes. kind of pause the game and, and ask questions about stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Absolutely okay. it is. Um, and, like, as far as, like, combat goes, I know me as a DM, like, as a newer player, I'm okay with, like, somebody help, like, pre-planning out, like, hey, before you do this, like, let's let's look at the board and, like, plan out the best way to do this. I'm okay with that as with a new player. Now, like, I mean, generally I'm okay with that overall, but it also depends on the game we're in and the kind of of game we're playing. If we're playing like a game where it's a bunch of vets, you know what I mean? I, you know, hey, you know, maybe don't stop the game every five seconds to think over a turn. You guys should be doing that in between your turns. But if, if it becomes a problem. If that's the thing, right? But other than that, like with a new player, no, ask away. Yeah. See, from a DM's perspective, uh, I, I will say, you know, I, I encourage people, if you don't know and, and you have a question, speak up. Um, I will say I, I have heard the opposite end of this coin, kind of like what Devin just brought up. When you have people who are playing at a table who are experienced or have or have played these games for years... And they don't know what, you know, AC is and they keep asking or they keep having to ask, hey, what is it? What is AC or where is this on the sheet or whatever? That can get a little daunting 
Yeah. But or if you have a player, sorry, go ahead, like, go ahead, out, like, like finish. Yeah. No, I mean that's pretty exactly. much what I had. It's just, yeah. you know, there I'll is a line in the sand mean. essentially where <laughs> certain things should Absolutely. be known. Or by if a you have a player, time. That, yes. Or if you have a person who's not like a regular player, they don't play all the time. They play. They'll pick up in a group here and there, but they express interest constantly to join and to play. So they will do that. They'll play. And that's fine. And I've encountered multiple people like this through a lot of groups I've been in and they'll express interest to play. And it's like the first couple of times, that's not a problem. But when it's like the fifth or sixth time you've been in the, you've been in a group and you've expressed interest to play and you've wanted to play and you, you know, I feel like at a certain point you should come in. If you're really in, interested in playing, you should come in. Like, you know where to find stuff at this point, or you know people who have the resources to help you out. Right. You should be able to come in with a baseline of knowledge where I, every time you join a group, I, I shouldn't have to re-explain the whole game to you. Right. What were you going to say, Rob? I was going to say also for new players, if you ask the DM a question and they say, you can certainly try, that means don't do it. Not always. Mm. Not always. Uh-huh. No, it, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean don't do it. That just that just means that means good luck, have fun. That means good <laughs> luck. That means that yeah, you can try this. I don't know if it's going to work in your favor exactly, but you you can try it. Now, Rob, do you think that there's do a hear point? Your tone? That means don't try it. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm glad that we don't use cams on some of the games that I run for you guys because like when you guys a little. Like we'll we'll say what you're thinking about doing. Sometimes my facial expressions will just give away. Like, nah, you probably <laughs> shouldn't do this. Um, but Rob, do you think that there is a point, you know, where a player shouldn't need to ask like repetitive questions anymore? Like, is there that line in the sand where, even as a DM or another player at the table? You should just be like, yo, listen, if you really are interested in playing this, you need to like, you need to read. You need to do some, you know, let it sink in. Well, it depends. Like if they're asking the same question during this session, like over and over, then yeah, definitely either that or they have some kind of problem where they can't retain information. But like if it's a different session, like say you, they were like, oh, where's, where do I find my AC? And you're like, right here. They're like, oh, okay. And then the next session is like a couple weeks later. Like, it's like maybe they've forgotten by that time, especially if they're newer. Um, <clears throat> like, I know, like, sometimes people on John's podcasts have that issue where they're like, where was this again? Because we haven't played in like four weeks. <laughs> right. No, I get that. I mean, obviously, there are like circumstances, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, if you will play in a game or like, let's say, uh, like, I used to be in a group that played modules. So we'd play. A module and then we'd make new characters and play another module and so if you're in like module one and two and then you tap out for three and four and then you join back in for five but like module one and two was like six months of playing i feel like at a certain point even if you kind of forgot you when you join in hey guys uh i want to join in i'm i want to jump back in but i kind of forgot some stuff just real quick run me down <laughs> this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But I feel like the tone in which you answer questions can help people start to remember because they're like, oh, they're getting mad. Like, like the like initiative. It's like, oh, I rolled initiative, but I'm not in the tracker. Did you select your token first? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, after a while, you're like, I guess you don't get a turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good when, idea, Devin. <laughs> I will add you. I will add you to the track. I will. Nobody say anything. You can add your when you figure out how to add yourself to the tracker. You would take a turn until then. I am considering you surprised. <laughs> I will say I've had to do this one time, uh, and you know it might have been to Austin. I don't remember now. But combat already gets bogged down. It, combat D and D is one of those where you know a six second combat or or like a, a one minute combat takes fucking five hours to play out. You know, um, but like I would have a player who it would come up to their turn and they would sit there dwelling on what to do or, or trying to figure out what to do. And like, I'm talking like minutes and minutes and minutes of just thinking of what they could do. And eventually it got to the point where when it came around to their turn and yet again, they were just like trying to figure out what to do or what the best course of action was or what spell to use or whatever. Again, things that like Devin said, you should be thinking about during after your turn, during everybody else's turn, what you're what you would like to do next. I get it. Things happen throughout other people's turns that will change and alter the course of your actions, but you should still have a rough a rough idea of what you want to do. You shouldn't have to spend literally five to ten minutes figuring it out before taking your turn. And when it would come up to their turn again. And I'd see them start thinking or I'd hear them start trying to debate what to do. I would start counting down from 10. And then once I got to zero, I was like, okay, we're moving on to the next person. You couldn't figure out what you were doing. You stood there for that turn. You know, that might have been a little harsh on me, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how else to tell this person that they need to hurry up on their turn. You know. Um, all right, number eight, it kind of goes with the next, with the one previous to this, but communicating and speaking up. Um, this isn't just in regards to asking questions, but like as a party, when you're sitting there trying to figure out, um, what, what actions to take in what situations and what choices to make, uh, you know, just how to distract the guard or how to how to bust into this building. Um, the party, you know, especially if you're a new player, don't don't just don't shell up. Offer an opinion uh, if you have one. You know, if 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 you feel like it's a dumb opinion, say it anyway. You know, you never know. It might be the best course of action. You know. Um, but I, I definitely think speaking up and, and being heard is important for new players. Otherwise you're just going to have a very quiet, 
passive player on your hands that just kind of goes with the flow. And I mean, whenever I encounter this, I always feel bad as a DM because I feel like they're not having fun. Even if they are, I feel like they're not because they're not talking as much or they're not involving their characters as much as the rest of the party because they're new. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think? We'll start with Rob again. We're, we're going to go Rob Devin the whole time. Cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, partly though, like sometimes people don't want to speak up because they feel like, like I said, like in the beginning of the first one that I did, I didn't want to speak up, but then I did because I was like, I don't like the way this is going, so I'm going to suggest another course of action. And then they we ended up going my way, so like it can happen, definitely. But like I get that sometimes it's like, I'm not good at this, I'm not used to it, I'm going to kind of keep quiet. I know Apple talked about at the beginning of when when she first started, she had trouble, she was didn't want to speak up much. <clears throat> but I mean, that's, that's definitely something you can get over. Like I noticed last night uh, when we were playing uh, John's game that James was very quiet for most of it. Like I tried to like involve him and ask questions and stuff, but I think it's just because he's new and he's not used to it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean there are, there is a level of nerves involved as a new player, but I mean, if if you don't speak up, then I don't think then you'll ever really break out of that habit you know mm-hmm. well i mean the dm can help too like i know both of us sometimes like if someone's being quiet we're like what uh like blah blah blah. what are you doing yeah while this is going on kind of thing Devin, what are your thoughts on speaking up at the table as a player um absolutely speak up um i'm about i think anything uh, whether it be in-game or out-of-game issues. Like, if you're having an out-of-game issue with somebody, I think you're usually better off, or you don't like the way somebody did something in the game. If you're not comfortable approaching them yourself, maybe approach the DM about it. Obviously, it's a little hard if you're playing... You, you may feel, like, a little out of place, I guess, playing in a group where, like, you're the like the outside man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. You're the outside man, and, like, everybody else knows the... Like everybody else knows each other, you're kind of the outside man. I get stepping up would be like a little weird in that situation, but you're better off like getting it off your chest. Um, and if there are any type of a decent people, it shouldn't really be a conflict. It should just be like, hey, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't like when you did X, Y, and Z. You know, in game, you can push this in game or out of game. If you would, you and a character don't, you and a character, because I see this happening a lot where like, in character issues like issues between two characters in the game but people who invest a lot of themselves into their characters will then spill over into the real world vice versa so i think it's always a good thing if you're able to articulate articulate yourself in a way of just making your point and saying like hey you know i didn't i feel this is um, you know, X, Y, and Z is wrong, and this is why. Maybe we can do something about it. And yeah, 
or if you see, or as, as DM, I feel too, if you think, if it comes down to an issue where you're noticing two players are constantly butting heads back and forth, as a DM, I think it's your right to step in and go, if it's causing problems at the table, step in and go, hey, you know what, from now on, any group decision is going to be just put up to a vote, round table vote. Right. Kind of that kind of a deal. I mean, and it, it, it kind of sucks in a situation though, if there's three people. Uh, I mean, that's because fair. Yeah. You always have the one person going one way, the other person going the other way. And then that person in the middle is going to be like, well, fuck. Yep. He's <laughs> but, always um, going to be the deciding vote. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you have, it, that works better. You have like four or five people when it, you know, it could, and you're the other two people aren't as strongly opinionated one way or the other. Things works out. So what you're but, telling yeah. me, Devin, is we need to find somebody to DM a game for us. Me and you are always constantly going to be fighting, you know, saying you want to do A, I want to do B, and then we're going to make Rob pick. <laughs> we're going to make mm-hmm. Rob be the tie-breaking vote. Yes, yes. That would also make Rob be like, I'm done playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem with the adding more people to that thing, though, because, like, if there's only three of you, like, if two of you want to go one way, the third person's probably going to be like, okay, fine, we'll do we'll do it your way. But if you have like five or six, and like they're both evenly split, they're going to be like, "Let's split the party." It's like, "Oh God!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, number seven is going to be the opposite of speaking up. Don't take over. Uh, some players, again, we've we've discussed, they might have trouble speaking up. It might be nervousness. It might be you know whatever. Um, it's not all. It's also not uncommon for uh, some newcomers to be try to become essentially the center of attention at the table. Um, D and D is meant to be, it's a team game. You know, you're working with the other players in the party. Um, I never really truly understood the people who were like, I'm going to cause problems and I'm not going to want to do anything and be a team player. It's like, then why are you at the table? Oh, well, my character is the one that doesn't want to be a team player. Then why is your character here? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm misunderstanding something in this. Okay, because you're supposed to want to be doing this. You know, it's it's not always it, it, it's your it's one of your things as a player to find a reason why your player would want to be adventuring or want to be with this group of individuals. If your character doesn't want to be, retire your character. See you later. Go find another table. Uh. But it is a team game, and every party member deserves a voice, and it's not right to sit there and drown out other people. Now, as a DM, I can fix... I I try to address this by... I I try to give everybody at the table some sort of equal time where it's like, okay, we'll move over to the next person. What are you doing during this period of time? This, that, and the other thing. As players, how would you address this if you sat down at a table and somebody was constantly just becoming the center of attention? Would you just let them? Would you would you try to, you know, somehow in character resolve it? Uh, now, I'm actually curious to get your guys' thoughts on this one as players. I put my answer in the chat in the form of a meme. 
Hi, I'd like a wake-up call. Your PC isn't the main character of the story. It's a team adventure. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's a wake-up call. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. <laughs> uh, so are you saying that you would just give that meme to somebody? You would print this out and hand it to somebody? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. If they were being a jerk, yeah. Um, well, it's yeah. not necessarily them being a jerk either. If they're just I mean, like, okay, I won't lie. Let's now. This wasn't my fault. I don't feel like it was anyway. But like, I'll go going back to like the fate game. John kind of made my character the center of attention. Well, I didn't like that, but I went with it. And I had told John, I was like, listen, if you're having trouble, if, if you ever have trouble getting other people to speak up when you when you ask them what they're doing or whatever, if you come back to me, I'll do something. And then it was just, he constantly came back to me with it. And then eventually I was like, you know, I'm just going to get drunk and watch fucking Cheers, whatever. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. <laughs> but like, as a player, like... Have you ever run into this issue where you feel like somebody is trying to like be in the spotlight more often than the rest of the party? Or do you think it's pretty balanced in most of the games that you guys play? Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I do for the most part. Like I do for the most part. I think, I think for, I have like two opinions on this. Like if somebody came to me, if a player came to me and said, "Hey, I don't like the fact that this player is just taking over all the sessions," but I feel if I feel, if I felt like he wasn't that player, he or she wasn't like just intentionally doing it, but you guys were just like the other people were letting it happen. I don't think the wake up call is for the player who's taking over; it's for the rest of the party. Like you have an issue with this player being front and center, or this player being the one who's seemingly the leader of the party and just kind of guiding the players around. But anytime I present a problem, I get crickets except for them, you know? So if it's something that just kind of happens organically, I'll, I'm, I'm not so inclined to step in. If it's something where I see like this player is forcing himself into other people's stories and forcing themselves into every narrative to be the front and center, that's a different kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, if it and if it's something, if it's not like a writing issue where I'm like I'm right, I'm I'm writing the story or I'm like leading up the story to do that uh, to like put this person front and center. If I'm letting I'm writing it where anybody can at any point in time can have this up for grabs and they're just not doing it. You know, I I feel you know I I don't have I don't want to say I don't feel. I don't want to say I don't feel sympathy, but you know, like it's, it's, it, it, it's hard. You know, if I'm, if I, if I feel like I'm not the one doing it, cause I feel like I'm punishing somebody who's just playing their character. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like at a certain point I'm just punishing that player for playing their character and it's not really their fault. They're standing out but nobody else is trying to stand out or doing anything. They're just playing their character and doing what they do. Yeah. And that's kind of where I have the like 
split for it for me. If that kind of answers the question. Yeah. But Rab. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I myself try not to do it. Sometimes it's a struggle because it's like, oh, I want to be involved in this, but it's like, no. You know what? My character would not be involved in this. It's like, I uh, will sit silently. Also, like, trying sometimes uh, things that I want to be involved in that I kind of probably should. Sometimes I end up missing just because I'm trying to be polite and not interrupt people. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the moment goes by, I'm just like, eh, fine, whatever. <laughs> well, that's where the speaking up thing comes in play, Rob. I know, but that's like I don't. It's hard to find a spot because, like, you you feel like you're just like because people are still just talking, and it's like ah, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, don't involve yourself in things that your character shouldn't be involved in. Like, it's okay. Like sometimes I know that our groups sometimes like they're like, oh, can I hear this? And it's like, yeah, just because they want to be like doing background reactions and not to be like involved, involved, which yeah. is fine. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, I want to be like making faces in the back, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> blah blah blah. But it's like, as long as you're not like getting into the conversation where you really shouldn't be, things like that are fine. But yeah, if if it doesn't really involve you, you should just let the the people. Do what they're gonna do, and then I, if I, they if they want to tell you about it and involve you, they can. I will say I am <laughs> I am a bad player in some cases. Uh, Prestidigitao comes to mind. Uh, Pebbles pretty much has a voice concerning all things. Uh, generally, if it's something that might cause problems, he gets shushed and thrown into a hood. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I I I do it almost subconsciously at this point because I get into that 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 PC mindset, right? I, I get into the character, mm-hmm. and Pebbles is the type of character where he would just be vocal about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really have a filter on his mouth um, when it comes to ninety percent of the people he talks to. <laughs> so. But if it ever does get, it becomes an issue. I Like I said, people usually shush me and then throw me into a hood and I just hang out in the hood for a while. Yep. So. Yep. All right. Number six. This is a big one. And I don't think either of you do this anymore because you might have when you were first players. But, uh, you know, that, that's going to be an interesting part of this. I want to know if you guys did this when you first started playing D&D versus now but number six is take notes mm-hmm. and would you recommend new players do this start with rob i would recommend new players do it yes <clears throat> um i i used to not take notes per se because we used to record our sessions when I first started playing with you guys. So I could just listen. I, w- I would listen back. And then, like, I knew everything that happened because I listened to it. I was a, I was a fan of our, our games. So I would listen to it, and I'd be able to, to know remember what happened that way. Lately, though, well, we don't do that anymore for the most part. So what the only notes I tend to take are ones that specifically involve my character. Because, like, if... 
if other things happened that he doesn't really know about or isn't involved in, I feel like he wouldn't really remember or pay attention. So by not taking notes, it's more like realistic that I don't remember those things because he wouldn't remember those things. Uh, the only thing that I took a lot of notes recently was our vamp game because my character had that thing where he could recall specific stuff for up to a certain amount of time. So I would write everything down because I knew that he would remember it specifically. Gotcha. Uh, but I still do make important notes, like sometimes people's names, if I'm going to talk about them later, or like certain things. Like I, I wrote down what what I wanted to happen, what happened at the Wildspire, and what I wanted to happen, and the people's names that we came across. Like the guy I put in charge, I definitely wrote down his name because I knew I wouldn't remember because I didn't make it. So, so I yeah, sure as hell okay. don't remember. Uh, I don't remember either, but it's on writer's sheet because I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, things like that. Like I make notes specifically for my characters and what they would know. Uh, John's game, I write more notes because I know no one else probably does. And even John forgets stuff sometimes. So <laughs> I take a lot of notes for his games, but that's it. What about you, Devin? Did you start off D&D taking notes, and do you still take notes? Uh, I do and I don't. Uh, depends, as I'm getting older, so I start to forget things more. Uh, like, small things, where before I didn't really have that problem. Um, so, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, but also, no. Uh, I, I've gotten... I used to, when I first started off, I used to take notes about everything. Now I take notes about like more stuff that's more like pertinent notes for me. Okay, so a lot like Rob, things that would yeah. be important to your character or my character names. or just important to me in general. Like, yeah. okay, let's see what we got going on here. Yeah. You know? uh, so and would you recommend that new players take notes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and only for the sole reason of it just keeps people. If you, especially if you're one of those people who are like, ah, I don't like asking for help, or I don't want to, I go, well, I mean, take notes, you know? Yeah. If every single week you're sitting here, take notes. Uh, this could also be useful for that person who, like we discussed earlier, who constantly has to stop the game to ask questions. Uh, write down, uh, keep notes. And write down in your notebook. Like I have a notebook for each of the games that I that that I run as a DM. I don't write every single thing down. Uh, and sometimes there's 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 weeks where we'll go and we'll play one of the games, and I'll DM a game. I don't even pull out the notebook. You know, I'll write down maybe a couple notes on a sticky note, then I'll stick the sticky note in that notebook afterwards. Uh, but you know, certain key things to you know that you could write down as a player. Uh, health potions, you know, 2d4 plus 2. Just write that down somewhere. You can find charts and stuff like that online, but, like, if you have a physical notebook, put it on the front cover or the back cover of your notebook so you know where it is, and whenever you need to take, you know, the various degrees of health potions, you can just quick reference your notebook since it's in front of you and be like, okay, I'm going to drink this health potion and I gain this much health back. Um, I will say, as a DM... I love the fact that in every game that I DM, there is at least somebody who takes extremely detailed notes. Uh, it is, it's very handy. It's very helpful. And I appreciate it because to me, it seems like they are more, 
not saying more invested in the story yeah. than like you guys, but it, it just it, it gives you that sense of pride like this okay, this person likes this game enough that they're gonna they literally write down everything. <clears throat> you know. Uh number five expect the unexpected uh, veteran tabletop role player game, uh, role playing game players and game masters know that it's incredibly rare for anything to go as planned. Players might circumvent the DM's masterfully engineered fight with a wild gambit from a bard or rogue. Uh, on the other hand, someone's bad roll might result in the you know in that in that plan going down in literal flames. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go into any scenario in D&D hoping that it turns out one way but I would always temper your expectations because all sometimes all it takes is one bad roll and the whole plan gets thrown out the window mm-hmm. um, would you guys agree with that that's a good rule for a new player to understand. Yes. Sometimes before the plan even starts, it gets thrown out the window because somebody's like, I don't like that plan. I'm just going to do something different. <laughs> I can't possibly think of a, of an example of that happening, Rob. Uh-huh. Ever. <laughs> right. Uh, Devin. Your thoughts on 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 that as a general rule for new players, expecting the unexpected. Did we lose Devin? Maybe. Maybe. Sorry, I was just muted. Yeah, no, I think definitely you expect the unexpected, um, and just don't. Don't make a plan that you're not prepared to see fail. True. I I will agree with that. Uh, That's going to bring us into our number four spot, which this one, I I get it. But, you know, especially as a new player, it can be kind of, you know, discerning or or like discomforting. But there's a good point to be made here. Embrace every role, even your critical failures. Uh, it's natural instinct anytime you roll a one to wince or to feel like you got punched in the gut or just to feel a little down. But no matter how dire things look, it's still sometimes possible to turn that situation into a humorous event or even possibly use it to help another player shine. You know, turn that critical failure into somebody else's, you know, um, uh, cinematic moment, so to speak. Um, now, what do you what do you guys think about that? As far as like embracing your role and, you know, not getting too discouraged when you roll ones. Oh yeah, I mean, sometimes we can make we can turn it funny, like. <laughs> Like, we've rolled terrible on, like, looking for things, and you're like, oh, can I walk into a a brick wall or something? (laughs) Like, you can, like, turn it, not turn it around, but, like, make it more interesting. 
Right. In in combat, it's a little harder because it's just like, ah, oh, crap, I missed, and it's not like you can describe how you missed if you want to. Right. But like all other roles, like there's usually some like some interesting thing you can have and like have your character have happen. Like, say you're trying to like <laughs> with the the or like something funny about it can happen later. Like in our um. Iron, uh, not Iron Wolves. I don't know why I keep calling them the Iron Wolves. The Night Wolves game. The, uh, when we were looking for the camp, and he's like, I can't find anything. We're just going to camp in this patch of grass by the side of the road. And then I, I looked later and found a bunch of, like, caves right on the other side of the road. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to sleep in the cave. Yep. Devin, what about you? What, what's your what's your opinion on embracing all roles, including the bad ones? Yeah, I mean, you should. Sometimes, sometimes I've had the most fun playing like the quirky, shitty like role play character, like not role play, like the role player as like the, not the role player as in like the role player of. Like the in the art of role playing, like playing a character, like the role player being like, I'm in this group specifically for this one purpose. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've had a lot of fun like making quirky characters that just do that. <laughs> so I mean, I like, I I embrace it all in my, in my opinion. Another example, I was in a game where we didn't have a rogue, but I was a bard. So I, I had a like a thieves kit and stuff. So I, they were like having me unlock doors, and I I was like I should probably check these for traps. So I kept checking stuff for traps, and I would roll so horrible every time trying to check for traps. And I'd be like, nope, no traps on this door. Go ahead and open it. Like every time, I would just be like, nope, no traps. <laughs> there were traps. <laughs> there were traps. <laughs> uh, all right, let's gonna we're gonna kind of push through the the next couple because uh, like the, we're already a little over an hour now. Uh, number three, this is a common one. It was also on the list that I did for tips for dungeon masters, and I think it's something that every player needs to understand. Uh, veteran players understand it. New players need to make sure that they understand this going in, knowing that the rules are more like guidelines. Uh, yep. That's one of my favorite memes is the, I'm a book, not a cop. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, every DM, you know, a, a DM can decide to give a player advantage or disadvantage uh, if it makes sense. Um, also, I what was it? I think it was you, Rob. Maybe it was Apple. I don't remember. I gave somebody, without even saying anything to them, I gave them inspiration. I just checked it off on their sheet. It was Apple. And they were like, what's this? I was like, you got inspiration. They're like, when? It's like, do you want me to take it away? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. I was like, then just take it. <laughs> just know that you did something that I felt deserved inspiration. You know? Uh, the thing is, to, to new players and... <sighs> The DM has final say. Okay, if if they do not like a a rule in the book, they can change it. Generally speaking, if I don't like a rule in the book, I will change it, but I will let people know 
what I'm changing and why. Uh, if everybody kind of gets up in arms about it, I might reconsider just keeping it the way it is. But generally speaking, again, all the changes that I do make in in the game, I feel like I make in favor of the players or for fun. Um, yeah. One of the big ones is the bonus action spell thing. Yeah, because that's, that's a change that I've made, and we... I mean, it makes sense to me in my brain, and I think it makes for faster and more compelling combat. And if people are like, well, that gives the players too much power, not if they're fighting people who can also cast spells, because the enemies can do it too. So, it's just something you gotta learn with. Um, I... I, I I will say, unless there's anything specific you want to say, Devin, I, I feel like that is a, you know, the, the rules being more like guidelines is a pretty uh, self-explanatory one that I think all players should understand. Absolutely. Um, number two for new players, stick with it. You know, if you have an interest, if you have a passion to learn D&D, don't get discouraged if your first session doesn't go perfectly. Uh, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be things that you need to learn. There's going to be, you know, you, you, no matter how close you are to the people at the table, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be, you know, discussions being had. Um, and it, especially to new players, it can wait. seem overwhelming the first time that you jump into a game. But that's okay. That's what everybody else at the table, DM and players included, are there for. They they are there to help you. You know, that, that kind of ties in with all the other things that we've talked about. Asking questions. Um, you know, taking the time out of, you know, your own personal time. Not even D&D time. To read up on your characters. To read up on the rules. To read up on on various things, you know, to familiarize yourself with things. Um, everyone's going to have, you know, questions. I've been DMing for years and I've been playing for years. I still have to look stuff up. You know, no one's expected to know all the things in D and D. Um, so yeah, stick with it. If you quit, then I mean, you're missing out. D and D is a phenomenal game. Hold on. Hold on. My Discord booted me out. Oh. Am I well, back? Yep. Okay, you are too. I don't know why, but my Discord just decided to restart. And it's still it's still loading, but I can still hear you guys through Discord now, so it's still recording this way. What what did you just say though, Rob? That's good advice for first-time DMs, too. Like, if your first session doesn't go perfectly, don't get so discouraged that... What, I leave again? Yep, sure did. Sorry, we're having technical difficulties with Discord, apparently, right now. This is... Now, I heard some of it. Um... Sorry about this, folks. It's just me talking to you for the moment. Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Exit. No, not exit OBS. I want to keep OBS running. I want to exit Discord. Not sure exactly what's happening here. Everything says it's working. Hmm. Well, we're having technical issues right at the tail end of it. Uh, wonder if I could get it on my phone, but I don't think you'd be able to hear them coming through my phone, even if I did. Hey, this is going to be real compelling for all you people. That's all I got to say. All you guys listening at home, take one of my headsets and one of my earphones off. No, I sure am not. Whatever it is on my computer, it's not working. Oh, maybe now it is? You sound better. Hold on. Three times <laughs> while you were gone. Let me leave with my phone. Oh, it booted me on my phone. All right. Let me make sure all you guys are... Okay, Devin, can you say something? Hey, something. Rob, can you say something? Hey, hello. All right. So I did hear part of what you were saying before I booted me a second time about this is good <laughs> advice for DMs as well. Yeah. Uh, no, not to get he, discouraged. He, 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 he was talking shit about me too. And I was like, yo, you take a shot at me with that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, moving on to rule number one. Uh, this is the last rule. I think this is a, a broad spectrum rule for all players and dungeon masters. And as a dungeon master, I feel like it's my, my rule number one to make sure that my players are experiencing and that's have fun. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to have fun playing a game, why are you playing the game? And if you aren't having fun, don't play the game. You know, you got to, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's an escape from reality, you know, and, and it's a game that you're supposed to be enjoying with your friends or whoever you're playing with. So that's all it is. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. If you don't have fun with the game, cut it out of your life. I'm looking at you dead by daylight. <laughs> I still don't get you. What you just said? I'm not having. I don't have fun playing Dead by Daylight anymore, so I don't play it. Get good, noob. Whatever. Yeah. All right, Devin agreed. Have fun. Don't play a game that you're gonna get, you know, upset over constantly. Absolutely. All right, so that was our list. I I think I only had like one or two honorable mentions, but I don't remember what they are now. Uh, avoid metagaming if if I had to tell somebody mm -hmm. like if you know something out of character but your character wouldn't know it don't bring it up 
you yep. know it's hard sometimes it is. also the the an example of that is what i was talking about like how i i rolled low and i was like nope there's no traps like i know i rolled low so there still could be traps but my character was confident there were none because they checked right and we still just walked through the door even though me and the party knew that it's possible it could still be trapped like we weren't like nah we're gonna recheck this one it's like nope he said there's no traps let's go um and then the other honorable mention is something that Devin brought up earlier, and that's just look over your character class. Look over your race, your class. Know your character. You know, uh, if, you, if you're going to write something on your character sheet, put it somewhere where you'll remember where it is that you can look at it. You know, uh, some martial classes get extra attack at fifth level. Put that somewhere so you remember, hey, when you're in combat, you get to swing an additional time. You know, little things like that. Um, well, with that being said, we're, we're a little over an hour. We're going to close out here. Uh, do we have a science corner this week, Rob? Yep. Uh, a couple, a bunch of, like, smaller things. Um, number one, I looked up the birth of the star thing. Uh, yep, so... They the Hubble, uh, the Hubble telescope captured the birth of a star. Well, it's still being born apparently. Uh, it's in the Sol Nebula, but the basically the the clouds that were surrounding it that because basically stars are born out of space dust, but a lot of the dust has cleared away to for the the telescope to be able to actually capture the star being created. So. It's cool. Second, the world has reached 8 billion people and still going up. Uh, and the last one was that the uh, Artemis 1 has finally been launched. It was delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, but it has now been launched. And the Artemis 3 will be the return of humans to the moon. So... Uh, and fun fact, they called it the Artemis because the original moon landings were called the Apollo missions, and Artemis is Apollo's twin sister. <clears throat> All right. Uh, do we have life advice with Devin? We we do. Um, if you ever find yourself uh, failing a field sobriety test, you just get up and you look at that cop and you say, "Look, look, officer, it's not about how many times you fall down." But it's about how many times you get back up. There you go. <laughs> well, I don't know how I don't know how well that will help you in that scenario, but it is good life advice. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you on the internet, Devin? You can find me at DMP underscore Puka. You can find me on Twitch at Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay, failing field sobriety tests. Failing field sobriety tests. All right. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you, Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby, and on eBay at Giving Devin Field Sobriety Tests just for funsies. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. Oh, the hard G on that one, huh? Yeah. Joel.
Gerald. <laughs> what, if, what if his first name really Joel. was Gerald? It's like Gerald Jolt. <laughs> I would slap somebody. You know what? If we raise a million dollars for our Christmas stream this year, I not only will marry Devin, but we will adopt a baby and name him Booster. <laughs> That's how confident I am in us not raising that much money. 